And we're back for another episode of the Honestly Helen podcast. Thank you for joining and let's get right into it. I'm so excited you're on the podcast, Tabby. Yes. Coming. Yes, girl. Thank you for inviting me. Then I could have, when I was thinking about who I wanted to get on, I was like, um, one, I realized this season had hella men on it. I need estrogen. It's too much to (laughs) anyways. Sister girl, how do we know each other? Yes, so you're like my long lost sister cousin. <laughs> I'm just like, yes. no, I, 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 agree. I, I agree with you. So, so like I met you on a previous podcast that I was mm-hmm. a guest, um, and I think you were a co host. Yeah, and so I um, met you, and you know how you just meet some people and uh, you just click, and your energy yeah. is all the way there. And I am definitely about energy, and I could read that. And so um, then I met you in person when I came out there. <laughs> hey, let's talk about that for a second. Um, so to Taffany's point, we met through a podcast, never met before. Taffany has family in California, did a trip and was like, Helen, where you at? Like, where you at? What we doing? And we met up and I met her family and some yes. friends. And it was, uh-huh. it was like, and this was our first time meeting, and you wouldn't have known it was our first time meeting at all. Right, right. No. Yeah, we just clicked. That's right. We did. We did. Yeah. Did the family think I was okay? Oh, absolutely. Yes, girl. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yes. They mm-hmm. fell in love with you. My mom, she's like, is she going to have to call me? <laughs> wait, I never got her number. Oh, I got to give wait, it wait, to you. Kathy, we got homework. I got to send you links. We got to exchange numbers. Yes. Like, you owe your mom a lunch. I told her. Yes, I yes. I said, mama, she is busy, but you know how they go. No, well, no. She, no, me. she was going to call me. <laughs> Listen, mama Taffany can't be mad at me. No. As soon as possible. Okay. Yes. I also just want to give you your flowers. Like, I really did just get so much joy from meeting you and enjoyed being in your presence and learning from you on that podcast. Like, I love you, Taffany. I, just Aww, to I love you too, Helen. <laughs> because it's, it was it was really so genuine. It was our first time we met. And for us to meet in person. And mind you, I hate driving. So for me to even drive to fucking Oakland. I know. <laughs> and be like, sis, where you at? <laughs> and then for our plans to just fall to shambles, the initial plan, Lauren, tell me. I forgot, that, I so. forgot about that. Yes. I was like, uh, we standing outside. Where you at? Where they do that at? I guess Oakland. That's where they do that at. They, they schedule appointments and don't show up. They do. They do. Before we get into it, can you introduce yourself officially, Taffy? Like your background, because your background plays a part into our topic. And I want the people to know you that bitch for real. Sorry. No, <laughs> you don't feel me calling you a bitch. I mean it in all loving. Oh, I know. I know. Okay. okay, okay. I'm that first. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If I felt any other kind of way, I'll be through the camera right now. <laughs> Yes, I know it's in love. So, um, so I am um, new to Texas as of five years ago. Um, prior to that, I was in San Diego, California, and um, I have a husband of 27 years. We have six children, um, 27-year-old daughter, 26 son, 23 son, 20 son, 
16 son and 15 year old daughter. Um, I have an eight year old grandson Ooh. and um, a little bit about my career wise. Um, I, uh, I graduated from UCSD in La Jolla and then I just kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I said, you know what, I'm gonna get married and start a family. Mm -hmm. So I kind of put my career on the back burner initially and I um, got married and had a family. My husband was in the Marine Corps and um, we just kind of did life together. So I just worked, you know, just various jobs. You know how you yeah. get a college degree in one thing. You mm -hmm. don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I have a desire to teach. And so I went back to um, University of Phoenix and got my master's in education and became a teacher so I taught out there in California a little while, and then we decided to make the move to Texas because California was getting too high, cost of living. Just We just wanted a change of scenery. Yeah. Uh, we wanted more diversity because in San Diego, it's not a lot of diversity. It's not a lot of people that look like me. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, we just kind of decided to move to Dallas. We had a, it was a long process, but you don't have time for the process. So we... <laughs> <laughs> we trusted each other and we moved to Dallas and we've been here ever since. So I um, transitioned to teaching here. I'm no longer a teacher. Um, I did get my degree in marriage family therapy. I graduated in June. Woo! Woo! Yeah. 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 Congratulations. <laughs> so I officially graduated. I've been I'm an intern with um, one of the churches in town. They have a counseling center. So I've been doing that for the last year. Um, now my title is a relationship coach while I am testing um, for my licensure, um, which I'll do this year and accomplish and pass it the first time. Yes, yes. And then I'll be a marriage family therapy uh, candidate. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah. Yes. Oh my yeah. God. I I always just gush over any black people, any black person that's successful in something because yeah. you know there's such a there's such a view that black people can only be in sports or music or something. Right. When it's like, right. First of all, we have way more talents than just uh -huh. in, in yeah. right. So when I learned that you were one. And like becoming a counselor, but two in relationship, just like a therapy. I was like, yes, yes, we yes. Need, we need more black people in the space of therapy, but in the space of marriage and family. Because mm -hmm. I'm sure, as you might agree, I feel like as a community, our black couples are not as they don't thrive as much as our counterparts. Right. And I don't know if it's because we don't have the resources, we don't have the tools. Are we just, I don't, I don't know. Well, let me ask you, what is your thought on that? Do you have a thought on that? Like why mm -hmm. black couples aren't as, um, is successful the right word? Mm -hmm. Or um, enduring? I don't know what the right Persevering. Persevering. You get what mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. Yeah. What's your opinion on that? So I have a couple of thoughts about it. Um, it's definitely going to take me back to slavery. Yep. Um, times and how we're conditioned. Um, and we have to realize how our brains were wired way back from slavery. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, we're still in the same slavery cycle mm. because we haven't changed and rewired our brains because Ooh. we probably really don't know how, you know, the awareness right. is everything. And yeah. so if you look back at some of the, the relationships from slavery, 
Mm-hmm. Um, the men were in power, of course, black men, even though we were all slaves, they still yeah. were <clears throat> in power over their women. Yeah. And um, the women would get beat, you know, they would get, uh, uh, the kids would get abused, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But what was going on is that we were getting beat. The the men were getting beat. The women were getting beat by the, the slave masters, white people, whatever. And it's all part of our history and our journey. And we were never taught how to have healthy relationships from the beginning. Right, right. And, and right. so our brains are so comfortable with unhealthy relationships, mm. so comfortable with conflict, so comfortable with just animosity and hate and mm. not building each other up, not knowing our triggers, you know, and our trauma and identifying that and even knowing that we need to heal. Yeah. That affects us. And so I, I believe it yes. back to that. Yeah, no, I, you know what's crazy? I actually never really thought of it that way but I've thought of how um as a community mm-hmm. black people are very comfortable in uh toxicity and mm-hmm. I've been I've been learning a lot about trauma bonding because mm-hmm. I realize a lot of my relationships that I've stayed in that have been emotionally abusive is because mm-hmm. I'm trauma bonding because I grew up around emotional abuse exactly. so when somebody talks crazy to me instead of yeah. it being like wait hold on yeah Oh, motherfucker, we going? We about to, let's go. Like, exactly. I know how to win this fight. And I know yeah. I'm going to hurt you worse than you hurt me because I'm yes. used to this. And it took me a while to realize, damn, Helen, girl, we over here connecting with men because emotionally I know how to take the abuse. And I'm not, exactly. I'm not, that's wait, this man is disrespecting me, calling me out my name, you know, making me argue with you over shit that I shouldn't be arguing with you about as a grown ass man. But to mm-hmm. me, I'm like, Oh, so we just want to see who did bigger. That's fine. Let's let's measure. Let's go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I grew up with it. All we did was measure penises all day. (laughs) And so I I I didn't even think that that piece relate like our relationships also can relate to um, slavery. It's like Mm -hmm. we were not taught how to love each other because our men were getting beat, we Mm -hmm. were getting beat. So you come together, both fucking beat down mentally emotionally and physically mm-hmm. how do you communicate how do you talk to one mm-hmm. another yeah so yeah perfect segue yeah so on this episode of talking life honestly <laughs> having this taffany we're gonna tackle what is love mm. so to start us off taffany would you say love is an emotion or it's a verb and i heard this somewhere else is what I'm, I want your opinion on it. Okay, real quick, before we go there, I just want to um, um, put this little piece in there. I, I learned, I'm learning a lot by reading the Viola Davis book. Oh. Let me tell you something. That woman right there is powerful. So I want to okay. put that plug in there because she talks about generational curses and how in her day, in her day and time, in my day and time, uh, sexual abuse for a child was different. It was like it was either, um, girl, you fast, you know, that's why this is, you know, happening to you. You know what I mean? The way that they looked at it was different. Um, and so that's why we need to make sure we get the word out to kids that no, no it's not you, there's nothing wrong with you, you know. But it all goes back, yes, to the slavery and how we were wired. 
And it's kind of sad. I know this is a controversial comment I'm about to make. It's child abuse is wrong for those who it's not normal. It's not wrong for those that have normalized it. In, Ooh, some, shit. in your relationships, if you've normalized getting beat, having an abusive relationship or an unhealthy relationship, if, if you've normalized that, then to the outside world, they're like, what's wrong with you? Why are you standing in this? Yeah. Because that's not their normal. Right. But right. it's that person's normal. Yes. Yes. And oh, until God. they realize that, hey, this normal is not normal. Like something's right. wrong with this. It's that awareness is so key Ooh, that to, is, to yes. help you to get out that cycle. So yes, yes. Good point. Good point. Um, but anyway, so what is love? Is it an emotion or oh. is it a verb? Um, I believe that it could be both. Um, I don't know if that's what you want me to answer. My husband, for example, we've been, like I said, we've been married for 27 years and um, I can say initially, love for him, to, towards him, may have been more of um, of a verb than what it is now. So now it's definitely an emotion. I think at first it was also a feeling, but not realizing that I have to love you even when I hate you, even when your drawers stink, even when your nasty socks is on the ground and I got to wash it. I still have to quote unquote love you. I still have to love you, even when I, when you talk to me sideways. When when I feel unloved myself, if 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 I feel disrespected or you know whatever the case may be, I still have to love you. As I became older and um, dealing with my trauma and my triggers and just who I am, my identity is I realized that you know what. I love Mike, my husband, regardless yeah. of what he says, what he does, et cetera, et cetera. Because there were times when I said, man, I don't care if you die. I don't care if you leave. You know what I mean? You leave me. Yeah. Bye. Goodbye. Right. You know what I'm saying? See you so long. <laughs> that part. No, yeah. And now I'm like, you know what? I can see my life without him. Mm. But I had to get to that point. To that, I, what, That's why I feel it's an emotion. Um, because the verb part of it, he can't do nothing or not do nothing for me not to love him anymore. Mm. Whereas when we first met, where are my flowers at? It's Valentine's Day. You ain't buy me nothing. So you don't love me? You mm. know what I mean? My birthday. Where my diamonds at? You know, I like diamonds, boo. You that know? Part. Yeah. What about bringing me to lunch? Uh, bringing, bringing me food at work. Like what a phone mm -hmm. call, what a text, what you doing for me? Right. So it was about what are you doing for me to show me that you love me? But mm -hmm. now my love is not based on what he's doing for me. And I know he loves me even if he ain't doing nothing for me. Mm -hmm. So I think mm -hmm. I just kind of changed my the meaning of it for me over the years. But that came for me with maturity and life lessons and experiences. Yes, 100%. And it's, um, that was actually very beautiful because that's kind of, I have been seeing clips on Instagram, you know, mm -hmm. everybody's a fucking therapist nowadays. And somebody was saying love is a verb because you choose to love your partner every day. So you choose to take act mm -hmm. and being present and being mindful and being there. Mm -hmm. and so when I when I heard that, I was like, hmm, 
That makes sense because he was like, emotions fade and emotions change. When you and actively choose to love somebody despite when they piss you off, despite them not buying you flowers for Valentine's Day, because right. you know, that, love is not an emotion, it's an action because you're actively choosing to act on this, I guess, feeling. So I guess it is kind of both. So when I heard that, mm-hmm. though, that's like, interesting. Right? I was like, I actually kind of like that idea better than it being an emotion because emotions are finicky. They mm-hmm. As they want, mm-hmm. so they depend on how we feel. Mm-hmm. And so to think that if I choose to love someone, it is an emotion, mm-hmm. but it's an emotion that acts as a verb because every day I have to choose to love you. Even if you mm-hmm. piss me off, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, there's more about you that I appreciate and love mm-hmm. than the moment that you piss me off. So I have to actively say, you know mm-hmm. what, I'm choosing to love you through this or despite this. Mm-hmm. And it just was a very interesting perspective. So what you said, I think, aligns very much with that. Mm-hmm. As you got older, you mm-hmm. act was like, this is my guy. My man, my man, my man, my man. <laughs> right. And I think we're in a society where we kind of forget that. Like, mm-hmm. we forget that when you choose to be with somebody, there's always options. There's always, I believe, there's always going to be somebody a little bit better than who we have. Mm-hmm. They might have better money. They might be better communicators. They might be better in bed. Mm-hmm. But this is my person, and I choose to actively love you because everything mm-hmm. else that I think I need, you provide what I actually need, mm-hmm. not what I Mm-hmm. And so I just I just thought that was a interesting way to think of it, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of I think gives us like more accountability if mm-hmm. we choose to love someone than just saying, "Oh, I love them," which is why I get beat. He loves mm-hmm. me. No, I mean, if that's how you want to be loved, I get right. If you choose to love someone that doesn't mm-hmm. put his hands on you. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's just a little bit more empowering. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I've look, let me not come with luck. I've never been in a physical <laughs> right. relationship, but I've seen people right. and I have I have close family members that are in these situations. And it's mm-hmm. to the point of what, what is love is mm-hmm. we all know women that are in relationships and they get in their ass whooped. And I say that I'm I, it might come off a joke, but like I know women who they struggling mm-hmm. and their excuse is, Well, I love him and he loves me. Mm-hmm. When you go back to thinking, well, what is love? Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own definition of it. And to what you said about earlier, um, the sexual abuse, if that's your normal, you grew mm-hmm. up saying, I'm going to get beat. Mm-hmm. I'm get beat. Mm-hmm. I should get beat because everybody, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. And going back to the way your brain is wired. And that's comfortable. It's so sad, though. But that's comfortable, you yeah. know? And also... You got to remember if that person's brain is wired their whole life to um, know that that's comfortable. This is normal. And also if they've gotten beat or whatever, you know, occurred in their life to know that, oh, you care about me. Like if they associated that with you care, I'm mm-hmm. getting attention now, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Then that's a positive effect on the brain. Yeah. That makes the brain feel good. It's like, oh. Okay, so this is the way someone shows me that they love and care about me is Mm -hmm. they beat me because Mm -hmm. other times when they don't, I'm invisible. I'm ignored. No Mm -hmm. one sees me. Mm -hmm. But, oh, when they beat me, they see me at least. Right. And so and what I, I just read something, too, that says a lot of times the victim will try to cover up, not cut like a stick up or, um, you know, 
like hide the fact yeah. that they're getting like, beat. You know what I mean? I can't think of the yeah. word right now, but and they're the ones that's getting beat. But you know what? You can't help anybody, any victim, until they realize it for themselves. I just went to a women's conference a few a few weeks ago, and one lady was talking about the fact of she's had a friend for 30 years. She doesn't, she was crying. She was very emotional because she's like, I don't really know um, what to do at this point with this friendship because her mm -hmm. husband literally beats her. And the last time he beat her, he said, I'm going to kill you. Oh. And so she got in between them and he got really mad, really upset, you know, with her. And he threatened to hurt her as well. And she was like, you know what? Is it worth me losing my life? And so she was kind of caught in the middle, like, okay, do I still keep her as a friend and go through this and try to help her? Or yeah. do I do what's better for me and just walk away? Because she was really struggling with yeah. that. But her friend said, this guy loves me. And she's like, he doesn't love you. If he's willing to kill you, yeah, he does not. But you can't say that to someone nope. that's already their brain is already wired to believe something yeah. else yeah yes and i have learned um the the old the old phrase you can't help somebody unless they want to be helped that's uh -huh. the only time it comes to fruition mm -hmm. is like you change mm -hmm. and what i've had to learn is and even friends that i've had to i've had to let go because they weren't loving me in the way that i needed to be loved mm -hmm. and i was like you know what it's not worth me right. more to you than it is to me. But I just had to realize, too, people have their own definitions of love. Mm -hmm. and I, it's not my place to tell you, you getting beat every day is not love. If you think it's love, until you realize it's bad, right. Right. I have the choice to choose to continue to support you and just be here for you. Right. Choose to, you know, you know what, actually, your, your love is too much for me to accept, and I'm going to have to remove mm -hmm. myself. And that took me a while to really... Except because it's hard to see somebody you care about mm -hmm. and whether it's physical or emotional, get dragged down and mm -hmm. lost mm -hmm. and you stick around for that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's and I thought I could because I'm like, you know what? I, I can do it. Right. It impacts you because like you call me every night crying. Yeah. Yeah. To it. Like how many times yeah. are we going to cry together? Right. Do it. Right. And then have you realized that that particular person, a friend, the victim will turn against you? Yep. So if you start talking shit about the the perpetrator, well, don't say that about him. Well, I, and I know we're right now we're talking about the man being the assailant. So you know, but we're just using men right now That's as assailant. Right. Women can as well. They do. Yeah, but in this example, <laughs> you know, and there we're just uh she, that part. The woman usually is just like, no, leave him alone. He's not doing anything wrong. What? Mm -hmm. So then you're all of a sudden you're the bad person and all you're trying to do is help and they're coming to you as a refuge. And so learning those boundaries of, you know, we can't tell anybody, like you said, what love is for them. Correct. But as a therapist, as a relationship coach, as a counselor, it's just sitting them down and just getting them to really see what love is. So is love when somebody hurts you, you know what I mean? And breaking it down for them so they'll be able to see it, but you have to really, really slow it down and you yeah. have to let them be the one to say it. Oh, well, I guess love really isn't if somebody's hurting me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or yeah. How would you like your relationship to look and get them to dream, you know, oh, and get them to yeah. see like, yeah, what, what would their version of love be? And slowly but surely 
they start to see that what they're in, currently experiencing is not love. And they start yeah. to redefine their definition of love. Yeah. That, yeah. first of all, <laughs> yes, Tiffany. Yes, yes, yes. And it's a great, because I, I was, my next question was going to be in your experience, what have you noticed people classify love as? Like, what are some, what do people normally say this is love? And it, it doesn't have to be the toxic, what we know, but like, mm -hmm. as your tenure has been happening, have there been some like concrete examples of love that most of your patients um, speak to? So it varies, um, you know, and I do a lot of couple counseling, uh, couples counselings, but I also do individuals and I don't, I do have a, one man. Usually my individuals are with women because the stereotype of men, I don't want to go to counseling. I don't need counseling, you know, but, um, but your question is how have people defined love? Yeah. Well, if I'm okay, I have one particular, let me, I have a couple of ways to answer this. So one way yeah. is, yeah, usually people will want, okay, and I'm going to be sexist again. So I'm going to use a female mm -hmm. and say she has daddy, um, what is it called? Daddy problems. Um, daddy issues. Daddy issues. Yeah. So she usually would try to find a man to fill those gaps and those voids. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't meet that expectation, it creates conflict because she looks at him like she, it's a counter transference. And she looks mm. at that, her, her husband, boyfriend as her daddy. And she takes out her anger and her rage, their triggers. She's triggered and all of that rawr, comes yeah. out onto the husband and he's like, uh, or the boyfriend, he's like, yeah. what did I do? You right. know? And so love for that particular um, young lady would be, do all the things that my daddy didn't do. That's mm. how you can love me. Because mm. I was missing this from him. I was missing mm -hmm. my dad being there. And so that particular woman may have abandonment issues. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. her boyfriend, husband, whomever, will show her love by not abandoning her. Mm. She may mm -hmm. have rejection issues. Daddy mm -hmm. rejected me because he loved Susie more than me. Or, you know, he wasn't there. He left mama to go with his new boo. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, so a lot. So sometimes some of my clients, they define love based on uh, filling the gaps in the voice that the daddy didn't um, feel for them. Um, so that's one thing. And then another a client defines love as traditional. So I have a particular older client set where he's like, no, my daddy was the man of the house. And if you, you love, if you respect me, that shows me that you love me. So that particular mindset for that male is love is deemed by how you respect me mm -hmm. and how you do what I say do. You know what yeah. I mean? It's more that yep. authoritative. Yep kind of situation yes mm -hmm. and so we got to realize going back to slavery again if the man was in charge and the woman just had to do whatever the kids just mm -hmm. had to do whatever yeah. um then that was love you know and so in those particular situations if the man has that mindset because those are generational like yeah. if the particular client i'm talking about if his son sees him yep being like that, then guess what? His son, even though his son is younger, he's going to be like that. He's right. going to define love that way. No, you're supposed to do what I say do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I think some people define love um, as respect and just doing what I say, do that authoritative uh, type situation. I think some women define love as um, 
just um, love it, like listening to me, validating me, acknowledging, you know, acknowledging me, um, just kind of letting me do whatever I want, kind of controlling type a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, if if I say jump, you say how high. Yeah. If I say, hey, go get a job over here now, go be a, a computer geek nerd because we need to make these amount of dollars in my account. Right. Uh, so they define what you're doing for me, what you give to me, you know, your um your accolades, your level of education, yeah. the car you drive, yep. um, as love, you know. So people yep. look at it in gifts and your um, education level, your status. I think that's a good word to use, your yeah. status. Yeah. Um, so those are a few examples of what I I found with some of my clients. I agree. I think <laughs> what is I think what is um it's surprising, but also comforting mm-hmm. is that I feel like the world isn't too far off. Cause mm-hmm. like, I think how I, I started the, the, the podcast off with whether love is an emotion or a verb mm-hmm. with your explanations, it kind of just solidifies that love is really dependent on the person. Mm-hmm. And so we get so caught up in wanting to be loved based mm-hmm. off of one, what we see or what we've been mm-hmm. through. Right. That we don't take enough time to just think about like, what makes me feel good? Mm-hmm. What makes me look good? Mm-hmm. Whether that's mm-hmm. actually physically or look good internally, that you look good externally. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that we should be looking for because that's love for us. Like, mm-hmm. if you feel good and it uplifts you, that's love. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like we've gotten to that point as a society. I think mm-hmm. to examples, mm-hmm. it's always dependent on what we see, what we experience, mm-hmm. and it's never us taking a step back and really in, internally reflecting mm-hmm. in whatever makes us feel good. All right, let's go find that mm-hmm. in someone else. And if you don't find it in someone else, then you already have it internally. Because exactly. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not too far off with that. No, uh-uh, not at all. Okay. And along okay. what you were saying um, is a lot of times it's challenging for us to define love for ourselves because we don't love ourselves. Oh, no, you didn't. Is because we don't we have to look in the mirror and start there. How do we define love ourselves? Yes. And once we define that and we can give ourselves that, then we can move forward with you know what? Now that I know how I'm gonna love me and I know I love me, yes, how do I want somebody else to love me? Yes, and so we, we have got to start there. With yep. ourselves. Yep. It's not looking for validity and acknowledgement and all that and somebody else in a partner. No. Yep. Yep. And I tell any of my couples, if they call me, if, a, if one of my couples call me right now, the lady's like, Miss Simmons, I'm getting a divorce. I'm leaving them. Stop. <laughs> Have you been reactive? Mm. Have you been triggered? Mm. If her answer is yes, it's not time. Because guess what you're going to do? You're going to repeat the same cycle, looking mm. for love in all the wrong places, like this song. Mm. You're going to repeat the same cycle with the next guy you get with. So you run in to hop right back into something else. Yeah, initially, it may be uh, peaches and roses and all that. But it's going to get right back into this negative yeah. cycle until you work on you. Yeah. yeah. We have got to learn how to love us. In love Why do you think that's so hard, Taffany? Because I, I, I could not agree more with you. And when I, when you said it, it just made me think like, 
the when I talk about like my trauma bonding with my exes who mm -hmm. I used to it didn't bother me that we fought every day because boy I can do a verbal conversation at any time a verbal <laughs> battle baby sign me up but I think a part of me didn't and I actually was thinking about this like last year a part of me didn't love myself enough to recognize why am I using energy to argue with another human over something that doesn't even impact us on a great scale. We arguing about likes on Instagram, my G. We <laughs> argue, Taffney, don't judge me, sis. I done had some. <laughs> we argue, we arguing about what groceries we're gonna buy because you feel like we got a budget of 200 when we got a budget of 100. And at the end of the day, I don't need to be arguing about it. If you feel like you got $200 to spend on groceries, let me, you got it. This is on <laughs> But why? Why am I doing this? That was beneath me. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I need to argue about is a paycheck. <laughs> how my house get cleaned. But other than that, I don't need to be arguing because I take like life is too short for me to be arguing about likes on Instagram or groceries or shoes or like trivial shit. Mm -hmm. If it hasn't, if it's it, for me, if it's not going towards the bills or my mental health, it's a trivial conversation. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that until I left and I was like, I did a disservice to myself by staying in a situation where I had to defend my own thinking. Mm -hmm. I don't mind a good healthy discourse, but if every mm -hmm. time I say something, mm -hmm. we got to argue about it, or every time I do something, we got to argue about it. Mm -hmm. This can't be love. It mm -hmm. seems like you want to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. Why are we mm -hmm. here? <laughs> well, I applaud you for taking that step. Thanks, away and that step back because that's hard, you know, to yeah. do that. You know what I mean? Especially when you're looking for one thing and then you kind of hit a brick wall and you're like, hmm, maybe this ain't it. So mm -hmm. I applaud you for taking that leap of faith and doing what was best for you. Um, and I found that a lot of times we don't do what's best for us. We don't. I, it's yeah. so important. And you know, looking back now on the school system, there's not when a child graduates 12th grade, they are not ready for the real world. No, Hell they no. are not. K through 12 is a joke. If oh. they really wanted to make kids ready for the real world, they would teach real things like yeah. how, to, how to regulate your emotions, how to healthily deal with conflict. Because yes. I could tell you so many times kids would be fighting in the hallway because guess what? They're triggered. They don't yeah. even know what a trigger is. My kids now say hmm that lady over there looks triggered at the walmart <laughs> she's a little upset <laughs> right <laughs> and so they need my you know my daughter uses yeah. it all the time mom i think they need to identify their triggers and you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know and so if they taught that in school we would have such a healthier yeah. bunch of americans and adults yes. that were cultivating into highly differentiated individuals yeah but we don't. And guess what? We negatively reinforce fighting in school. When they yeah. fight, guess what? There's attention. So yep. maybe they're not getting attention at home. Yep. But now they're getting it at school. And guess what they get to do? Go sit in a little room, one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one with the teacher, get to do whatever they want. And so the way that, that I believe it also begins is in the school. If we mm -hmm. are able to teach our, our children, our youth, whatever, how do you regulate their emotions, right? How to identify their triggers, you know, mm -hmm. how to um, communicate healthily, because I guarantee you they're not learning it at home. 
But um, when I just spoke at this conference, I, I taught them, I said, you know, from the age of birth, conception, to five, 90% of that child's brain is formed. 90%. That's why we have so many screwed up people in the world. Because yeah. imagine what they're, these kids are seeing mm. from the age of conception to five. Helen, it is not good. No. But I that's how their brains are being wired. That's how they, if I were to tell you to do a timeline right now, I know it's hard to remember birth. But if you can remember anything before the age of five, right? Yeah. Those are adverse childhood experiences that you, you may, may, may not have had. I had so many, mm. way too many. And so I can remember some of the trauma that I endured. And guess what? My brain was wired with that trauma. Yeah. Holy 90%. Shit. Yes. And so parents got to realize uh, the duty that we have. It's not easy. We take it light. Yeah. You know that we had all these kids. No, we're responsible. I take ownership. Yeah. It's turned out now because I know better. I can yeah. circle back around and say, hey, you're being a little reactive. I know as a mom, I was I will pop off in a minute. Oh, yeah. yeah let's go. Let's meet in the parking lot. And so my kids saw that. Mm. And so as a result, their brains were wired. Oh, I'm going to pop off too. Wow. That's normal. Yeah. yeah. My older kids five? Them older kids is off the chain. <laughs> Your older kids? Yes. At girl, because I I lived in, in um, Greenville, South Carolina. And my grandparents used to fight. My granddaddy would drag my girl. I can see it now, drag her by her hair up and down. They used no. to shoot guns at each other. Oh, it was bad. And so that it, my brain was wired like that because I saw that. I didn't know it was normal. Like that was normal. Was, right. Yeah. Yep. That was my normal. Wow. And so and you know what? Wow. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. So for you and your your example that you gave, looking for love, identifying love, defining love. In the way with the guy, hey, we can fight every day. I'm about yes. this life. Yep. So your brain was wired that that was your normal. That was okay. Yep. But as you stood stood back and said, hmm, is this really healthy for me? Right. Let me, let me love Helen. First of all, who is Helen? Do mm -hmm. I even know who she is? Mm -hmm. I have another one of my clients who started spiraling down depression because she doesn't know who she is. She lost mm -hmm. who she thought she was. And so her and I are working on what is your identity? What do you want that to be? It is never too late to sit down and, 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 and you say, you proclaim what your identity is. Yeah. And so her and I jotted down. What do you, if somebody asks you right now, Helen, who are you? What's mm -hmm. your identity? What do you want people to, 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 to look at you and say, oh, this is who she is. Oh, that's the chick that want to spread knowledge on the podcast mm -hmm. to help and support people about mm -hmm. relationships or whatever it is in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that part of your identity? Yeah. Is your identity to be getting fighting with this guy every day over what? Guess what that was about? That was about a trigger yeah. that you nor him identified. You nor him identified that it was a trigger. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you don't care what he's saying because you're trying to prove a point at this point. 
period. It's all about reactivity. In the second emotion, you're about to feel my wrath. So yep. your first emotion, what was that? You bypassed right past it. And you went right to the second emotion. Was it embarrassment? Maybe. Your first emotion. That's what we got to remember. When we are reactive, we we have surpassed that first emotion. It's mm -hmm. We were never taught as a child to emotional vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Oh, when your three-year-old was over here, not yours, but people on, on the call in general, yeah, yeah. you have a three-year-old, they're crying ah! and screaming. We're usually like, shut that noise up. Stop mm -hmm. that. Versus say, okay, Becky, when you finish screaming and crying, come and talk to mommy about your feelings. It's okay to be angry right now or upset, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Teaching at a young age, which you nor I were taught that. So our brains aren't wired to be emotionally vulnerable and to recognize how we really feel in that first emotion. What I was taught, oh, let's pop off. It's about that. Right. Yep. Don't be don't be showing no tears. Uh-uh. Don't be hiding. Don't be doing none of that. Right. It's what we're about to do, right? Right. And so my brain was taught, oh, okay. So I need to show that I'm about that life. Yeah. Oh. Uh Mm -hmm. Wow, what's so crazy that you just said that? Because I have a niece and a nephew. Um, mm -hmm. My nephew is younger. My niece is seven now, and I've known her seven, six, five. So she was three or four. Mm -hmm. And as she got older, she's in a very toxic household um, mm -hmm. emotionally, mm -hmm. and her parents are physically abusive to each other. So she sees that. Mm -hmm. Before she got with my brother, um, her mom got with my brother. It was just her. So I don't know what that relationship looked like, but she would come and when she would get overwhelmed, she would just cry. Oh, like, yeah. Cry. Mm -hmm. And I and without even knowing, like I wasn't taught this, I would say, listen, you cry as long as you need to. When you're done, you come you come to TT Helen and we'll talk about it. Oh, but what I'm not going to do. Is trying to figure out what's going on because I'm frustrated. So I was like, you, cry? I was like, you need to cry? Mm -hmm. not <laughs> cry. You go cry yeah. for however long you need to. Yeah. understand I'm not giving mm -hmm. you what you're crying. Mm -hmm. It's not happening. But I didn't realize I was doing that because I subconsciously just know, like, she's too young mm -hmm. to verbalize what she's going through because in her household, crying gets her what she wants. Mm -hmm. I ain't got the patience for you. <laughs> you need to get it out. And then come talk to me because I know you got words. Mm -hmm. But I think subconsciously younger me, that's what I needed because I was very, mm -hmm. she's an Aquarius mm -hmm. birthday three days after mine. So I was like, I always needed someone to just let me process and then I was fine. So mm -hmm. you can't, it's okay to cry, mm -hmm. but if you want things to change, you got to use your words because I know you can communicate. Mm -hmm. And I know you know what's bothering you, but I don't know what's bothering you. And you're right. like, communicate that to me. Mm -hmm. Shit, my you crying? I'm going to give you something to cry about. Why? 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 I'm crying, though. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know I needed more. Yes. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, and, one, and one of my clients is from the old, old, old school. And he said yeah, that. First of all, how many old, old, old schools you got to put on there? Old, 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 old. <laughs> she said old, old, old. old, old, old. <laughs> Girl, my time and our parents' time. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah. Even okay. after that. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm yeah. <laughs> yes. So his brain has been wired for umpteenth years, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so imagine just now coming to see someone like me and just now being told it's okay 
to be emotionally vulnerable mm -hmm. and how challenging that is to rewire someone of that age, their brain, the brain is so powerful. Oh my gosh. But mm -hmm. it's so miraculous. God mm -hmm. created such a, 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 a wonderful thing with our brains or whoever you believe in higher power. Right. right. And so, um, so with our brains, it's being wired like that for this particular young man for umpteen years, right? right? And so working with him, he was totally shut off to being emotionally vulnerable. You know why? Because as an old, old, old school, then when he would get beat, <laughs> like what you were saying, his daddy was like slavery beating and he Ooh. would beat him. And he said, if you even cry, I'm going to beat you Ooh. harder. Yes. So his brain, girl, his yes. brain knew how to repress all emotions. And when I say all, I mean, well, not anger, all, but the second emotion of anger, because he can show you that, right? Yeah. And so he learned that. And so he said, Tapani is so hard saying to my wife, you know, you hurt me. Or I feel mm. rejected. I feel abandoned. I feel unloved. You know, he said, because the moment that he's about to, his brain said, ah, beating, beating, beating. Like you about to get beat. You know what I mean? Ooh. And so yeah. it's literally his brain is, is, is fighting against his will of wanting to rewire that because of the pain associated with becoming yeah. emotionally vulnerable. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's serious. Yeah, I, I haven't heard that phrase in a long time, but if you, yeah, my uncle mm -hmm. used that to mm -hmm. our, my boy cousins. If you even, if I see a tear. Oh, yes. Your eyes even a little glistening. Oh, a little. <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's going to take a lot. I mean, <sighs> there is hope. But it's going to yeah. have to start with us. Yeah, it's going to have to start with us. And it's going to have to either get family involvement together or family educated on it. Or the school is going to have to somehow um, invest in our kids when it comes to their mental and emotional health. Um, because a lot of relationships are going to go um, are going to go sideways and are going to fail because the moment you get in a relationship, you're trying to define love, like you said. Mm -hmm. And the whole time while you're defining love, the priority we already said is us. The kids don't know how to put them first, and they don't even know who they are. They're mm -hmm. struggling with their identity, Helen, so much more today than they ever have. I can only imagine. So much more today. Um, and then trying to figure out, okay, do I want this person to treat me like uh, my daddy didn't treat me, like my daddy did treat me, like my mama treated me, you know, or what? And it's yeah. so breaking that down to figure out what's a healthy relationship versus not and what is love for you. So, yeah. And kind of to the point, I was um, I was going to ask how we define healthy relationships. However, with us talking about it and let me know if you agree with this, I think. It's 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 all really subjective, to mm -hmm. be honest. It feels like, and I think healthy, quote unquote, is what you define as healthy. Mm -hmm. Kind of like we were saying earlier, what makes you feel good? Mm -hmm. What makes, what elevates you? Mm -hmm. What um what catapults you to the next level in a mm -hmm. positive way? 
And I think those are the ways that we identify love. Mm -hmm. I don't even know why like self-love didn't even come to my head when I first thought about this topic. Mm -hmm. I always say like, you really do have to love yourself first because if you don't know what your boundaries are, how are you going to tell somebody else what what your boundaries are with you? You don't even know what your own boundaries are with yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. So let me ask you, Ms. Taffany, Mm -hmm. is there any way for people who don't know how to love themselves to learn to love themselves? Like, are there any tips and tricks? Cause I know like having low self-esteem and being in an environment where your own parents tell you, you ain't shit. You're not mm-hmm. going to be nothing. You never going to be like, how do you overcome those obstacles? Or are there any, are there, are there tools that people can use to help them mm-hmm. find self-love? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, before I say that, I want to say, if you can't be good for yourself, you can't be good for nobody else. And this is why she done graduated in June. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one more time, Kathy. One more time. Yes. If you can't be good for yourself, Whew. you can't be good for nobody else. And that drop is the mic. Yep. Yep. Let me drop my phone. <laughs> Girl, I, that is holy. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because we are yeah. our own worst critic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you can't even be good to yourself, mm-hmm. how are you? Yep. And um, so to answer your question about what we can do, so moment of transparency. If I haven't been transparent enough, um, I just recently started to love me Ooh. and love who I am. And um, I'm almost fifty. I'm a couple years from fifty. And Boy, so, when I, when I tell y'all, black don't crack. <laughs> First of all, Taffy up here looking like she in her fucking thirty, and I'm not even being funny. This Taffy, you fifty? Y'all, she don't look anywhere near. She don't. I am appalled. It's what? Yeah, a couple years from fifty. Yes, ma'am. No, I thought she was in your thirties. No, I thought that she was like thirty-two, thirty-three. Oh no, girl. Mm -mm. Baby, okay. I done been around the world and back again. Been (laughs) around the world and I, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, okay. So not only are you in a career and you have actual education to back if you have life experience like that part half a motherfucking century on this that part yes yes yep i didn't mean to stop you but chad not you said about to hit girl (laughs) where at yep that's why i feel like i'm in this position because i used to question and say why am i going through what i'm going through yeah. And now I see because I'm able to relate and connect with so mm-hmm. many clients on different levels. Mm. Because if it can happen to me and my family, it happened to us. Yeah. Yeah. And so when people say I've lost a child, I've lost a child. Yeah. And I can relate to my clients that have lost a child. When they say I've been sexually abused, I've been sexually abused. Yeah. You know, when they say that they didn't love their husbands for a certain amount of years, I didn't love mine for a certain amount of years, you know? Yeah. And so I can relate. If they say they have a son in- incarcerated, I have a son incarcerated. And so I used to, oh, pity me and, you know, woe is thou kind of thing. Yeah. But now I'm grateful for my trials and tribulations yeah. because I can relate and connect with people. And yeah. I learned from those, you know. Um, so to answer your question about anyone that's struggling mm-hmm. uh, with loving them, because I can definitely relate because I... Me and my husband actually just had a conversation. It was very brief, but I don't know if you have Google Photos, but on Google mm-hmm. Photos, it brings up memories yes. and it makes collages. And yes, stuff. I love it. Yeah. 
And so um, it makes collages. And so it made a collage of me and it does it quite often. And so mm-hmm. I'll get to him and my sister. I'll say, hey, look at look at me. And yes. then my husband said the other day, he said, wow. He's like, uh, you must really love you. I said, you know what? I do now. Mm-hmm. I said, it was so many years of me not loving me. I said, but now I do. Because of the trauma that I went through, I used to think I was nasty. I was disgusting. Something Mm -hmm. was wrong with me. I was invisible because I felt like no one looked out for me Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. I was a straight A student. I was third in my class. You know, I was the homecoming princess. You know, I did all these accolades because I felt like, oh, they'll see me now. Yeah. And I would strive, strive, strive. And when I when I failed, I was so down on myself. And mm-hmm. I, let me tell you, Helen, I used to live my life out of obligation for other people. Oh, Taffany. I said over the last year, I made a vow. I will no longer do nothing out of obligation for anyone. If mm-hmm. I want to do it, I'm going to do it. If I mm-hmm. don't, to hell with you. That part. I don't care how you react, respond. That's a you problem. And so I no longer do nothing out of obligation for anyone because I don't owe it to nobody, but I owe everything to me. And so for anyone that's struggling with their identity, what I did is I, I had to, I had to go back and I had to learn to accept the part of me that was sexually abused. Mm. I had to go back and I said, you're not dirty. Nope. You're not unclean. There's nothing wrong with you. There's something wrong with those pepper- perpetrators yep. that put their hands on you, yep. but there's nothing wrong with you. Yep. If you hadn't gone through that, you wouldn't be the woman you are today. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. counted all joy. And so I had to go back and anything that I felt was trauma, anything that was triggering me as an mm-hmm. adult, I had to go back and reflect and process and mm-hmm. break that down for myself. Yeah. I had to figure out I'm not doing nothing out of obligation no more. Number one, if it if I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Number two, I had to go back and I had to heal me. Yeah. From my trauma and my triggers because I couldn't look at myself in the yeah. mirror. I don't know right. if you ever had an awkward moment of trying to look at yourself, you're like, who is that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. now I can gladly. Yeah. And um, positive affirmations. And I w- I'm a math teacher. I am not a reader. But guess what I do? I read my audible book. One of my clients actually inspired me. And so I, 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 I'm reading um, Woman Evolved. I read the Viola Davis book, Michelle Obama Becoming. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting into those positive books because yeah. what you put in is what's going to come out. Amen. Amen. We under we under um, emphasize that like mm-hmm. estimate the, mm-hmm. the people that you have around you. If you always have a negative Nancy, yep, yep, you don't realize that when you get into hard situations because you're around someone that's always negative, you mm-hmm. go into this ain't gonna work out. Exactly, this is challenging. Yeah, when you around someone that's motivating, yes. you're like okay, how we how we gonna yeah, how we gonna do it? And I don't think we really sit down and think about how impactful our environment is. The whole nature versus nurture thing is yeah. real. Wow. Yeah, I believe that. Um, and then you got to remember that everybody uh, around you ain't good for you. Oh. And they yeah. don't have their, their best intention 
And yep. so stop trying to talk yourself into, no, this person really cares about. No, grandma always said, when somebody show you who they are, believe, believe it. Believe it. And so if you feel that way, walk away. Yeah. Because yep. they don't have your best intentions. Yeah. And, and, and if you don't want to, you need to really dig deep and ask yourself, why? What is it that about me that I want to keep this person in my life? Yeah. Yep. And start That's, to dig deep. Yep, it is. And that goes right back to the self-love thing. Mm -hmm. Because what I what my ex taught me was the way I want to be loved, I am entitled to it. I don't mm -hmm. have to beg for it. I shouldn't have to um earn it. Mm -hmm. I'm I am deserving of love, I'm deserving of healthy love. And if I'm not mm -hmm. getting it, I don't have to fight for it. So me arguing mm -hmm. with you every night is not my is not my battle scar. I don't need to fucking earn this goddamn scar for you to love me. <laughs> when you're talking about when you have moments where you look at yourself, um, because that was my like first real grown-up relationship and to be with this man for such a long time and to see what I settled for, knowing better, because I was just mm -hmm. in a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time the hardest part was me getting over my embarrassment of mm -hmm. being with somebody knowing that I deserved more. Yeah. And so I would get angry because I would be embarrassed first. And I'm angry that I got embarrassed. Like, hi. Exactly. It was a, a long year and a half where I was just like, sister girl. It's a hard conversation to have. You do have to have it. And mm -hmm. when you do identify those boundaries, and I, I don't know where I heard it, but somebody was like, you decide, you choose how people are some effects like you choose how people love you so if mm -hmm. someone is loving you a certain way and you don't like and you stay there mm -hmm. you're trying to stay there and it hit me and I was like this man is mm -hmm. loving me in a way that he only knows how to love mm -hmm. whatever his experience was this exactly is, this is how he's choosing to love me and I'm yes. choosing to stay and until it hit yeah. me like first of all Heffa we don't actually like it here so <laughs> we should probably let this man <laughs> love how he want to love yeah Cause it can't be Helen because we stressed out, but it was, it was, it took me hearing it several times for me to be like, it's not his fault for loving me the way he's loving me because he don't know no different. And mm -hmm. I can't teach him how to love me because I'm just learning mm -hmm. what I need from a partner. But mm -hmm. I had to, I had to, it was five years and I had to just consciously be like, as much as I would love to stick it out and see if this could be worth it. Mm -hmm. I'm not being loved the way I want to be loved and I'm not happy and I can get hit by a bus tomorrow and I'm going to be in a situation that I know I could change but I'm choosing not to because of possibilities yep time to go <laughs> happy and I'm gonna girl it I'm probably I, I probably I'm definitely still dealing and healing from oh it. yeah you I'm are definitely mm -hmm. still healing from it so I got some PTSD I'm working through like yeah. I got some guards up and I seen the walls get built and I know yeah. they're there. Yeah. So I'm just letting you know I'm aware of it. But that mm -hmm. don't mean I'm not going to still be reactive. Because right. I'm aware of it don't mean I, I don't figure it out. I just know. Right. <laughs> I'm apologize. Soon enough I cuss you out, I'm apologize. I know I <laughs> hey, if I cuss you out 10 times a day, I'm going to do nine tomorrow. I'm going to get better. <laughs> and before you know it, it'll be yeah. one time. Yeah, it might take a year, but it'll be one only once a day. <laughs> and listen, you can choose to stay here. You can choose to leave. Not to force the decision. Right. But it was, right. That was a very hard. Um, I'm joking. Like I, I got to joke about it, but it was a very hard. Right. The last two years was very hard for me because I, I could see myself settling, but I didn't really know how to get out of it until I just right. realized 
I'm choosing to be with somebody that doesn't know how to love me in a way I need to be loved. And that's not his fault or my fault. Mm -hmm. Someone just has to be the bigger person to leave. And it was just me because he would have kept me forever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Forever. (laughs) Forever, ever. Forever, ever. (laughs) Let me ask you another question. And then I'm going to wrap us up because I know we don't go. We probably could talk forever. But um, I'm really intrigued with how did you go from loving your husband based on what he could give you or provide for you to loving your husband because he was your husband or your man like what what was that do you or can you even explain what that transition was like and what might might have or might not have triggered that that enlightening moment for you so this is my thing um like i said a couple times already you can't be good for nobody if you can't be good for yourself right Mm -hmm. so i wasn't aware nobody ever taught me that i um not to be reactive because the Mm -hmm. moment you're reactive do you understand that you've given that person the power over your emotions? The moment you're reactive, that means that you were not able to identify the first emotion, to process what you were feeling, and to be rational. You lost yeah. all rationality and you lost your living mind. Yeah. And so for me, I struggled with that Um the majority of my marriage, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Up until the last mm-hmm. six years or so, um, because- my husband also trauma the way yeah. he grew up whatever mindset whatever he was looking for um me same thing and so until i actually learned that hey you know what i need to i start identifying this stuff i need to work on me like i would he would get persecuted for how i was feeling you know like he would do something and that's a him problem but because i reacted to it that's a me problem. Yeah. My reactivity has nothing to do with you. That's a trigger for me. Mm-hmm. If he did it, I was going to react the same way. If JoJo did it, I was going to act the same way. If Billy Bob did it, I was going to react the same way. Yeah. I didn't care which guy did it. I was going to react the same way because that was a me problem. Yeah. That was a trigger for me. Yeah. And so what helped me is to work on myself, work on my triggers, my emotional health, my mental health, all of that. And then once I started to love me and started to heal for myself and not be so reactive with my husband, and which is people in general, but with my husband, then I was able to see, oh, this is who he really is. (laughs) Like it was hard. It was hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? To see that, oh, I'm actually in love with this guy. Like, I really love him, the person he is, and not the verb, what he's doing to Mm -hmm. me or Mm -hmm. not doing to me. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? He's still going to react that way if it was me, if it's the neighbor, if it's the kids. He going to cuss us all out the same way. (laughs) So, you know, so I'm not going to take it personal. Why am I taking offense Mm -hmm. to it? Yeah. Taking it personal. That was. Yeah. Why am I taking it personal? Yeah. And so a lot of times in relationships, we take things personal. So when the partner, the spouse says stuff, when they look a certain way, give you the side eye, you're like, what did I do? It ain't got nothing to do with you. They going to give the side eye to you. To Bonquisha, to whomever, you know what I mean? I needed to hear that one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, taking it personal. Oh, I think we all need to, we all got to learn that. Because, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. What you said about expectations is huge. My mom always told me, you know how we get disappointed and discouraged with people is because we have expectations. Once you remove those expectations, you won't get disappointed or discouraged because you didn't expect nothing from them. And so we can't, ex- you can't expect your new boo to see life through your lens. Right. Because he does, he wasn't raised like you. His brain ain't wired like that. Right. And right. so we have to stop expecting things from people. Yeah. Because when we do that, we get disappointed. We get hurt. We do. You know, and if, if for some reason we have expectations that people don't meet it, it's okay to get hurt, but it's being able to verbalize that hurt. Yes. And say, yep. Helen, I know that wasn't your intention, but my perception mm. is that, you know, I'm hurt because my perception is you meant this. Can yes. you clarify your intention? And so if we can have conversations and yeah. teach, like I said, our kids this stuff, then they won't be just fighting because you bumped into me in the hallway. You know, we can have a conversation about it yep. and be rational, you know? Yep, yep. 100%. Oh, gosh, that is, that that was needed to be said. It Don't take things personal. Like, I probably should have made that the topic because that is the lesson. <laughs> uh, that is the lesson. But before I got distracted because you, you put that bomb on me, what <laughs> would you say, well, take step step back. Did your husband do anything to also help? I don't know if this is accurate, but help you love him more. Like you said, you did your own self-work, identifying mm-hmm. your own triggers, your own things. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that he also did that helped that transition better? Or was it really just Mm-mm. you acknowledging it and then just kind of. Yeah, he didn't. And guess what? He doesn't have to, because at the end of the day, it's a me problem. If I'm reactive, if I'm triggered, mm-hmm. that's a me problem. He is the same person he was from when I married him. Yeah. Mike ain't in the vice therapy. He's not a therapist. He's going to do him. But let me tell you one thing. Because I changed me, I worked on me, mm-hmm. it did a 360 in my marriage. Mm. Because guess what? You will look like a damn fool if you arguing to yourself. Because <laughs> <laughs> what I'm not going to do is... <laughs> <laughs> it's natural. But don't you? Don't you know? Listen, that always tickles me. That will the queen loves the motherfucker that argue with them. Oh right now. You are you. So what I'm not gonna do is, is uh match your energy because that's not healthy for me. I've got to do what's healthy for me. So I'm gonna let you do what you have to do. And when you're done, how can I best support you? <laughs> Now. Right. <laughs> what can we do together? Right. Better now that you got it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Since, yeah. I'm gonna have to try that. And, you know, it's it's in every situation, Helen. It's really saying to myself right now, what is the healthiest thing for me? Mm. Is the healthiest thing for me? Because sometimes I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna be honest. I will. I'll unleash. But yeah. you know what? I made this choice too. I could have not. I could have just sat there, you know, uh-huh. and in process, nah, and, you know, but I said, oh, no, you deserve this one. I'm about to get this. Yes, I'm you ready. Said you said you didn't pass me from six years ago. I'm going to show you her. Because she's asleep. Right, right. 
<laughs> right. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a me problem um, if I'm triggered. So Mike hasn't done anything. Now, I will say, though, that he sees how I am working on me mm-hmm. and he sees how I'm not being reactive and I'm processing. So then I also see him doing some of those things for himself. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but my healthy communication, my not being reactive, me being more differentiated, um, et cetera, et cetera, is for me. And it's based on me. It's not based Ooh. on Oh, that, you know what, then yes, 100%. And I, where I was going with that, so I'm glad you said that, is I don't want people, I would hate for people to hear this and feel mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I'm doing all the work, so I need to leave because this person isn't doing work. But to your point of you did the work because mm-hmm. you needed to do it for yourself. Exactly. Dogs if hubby was on board with it, because if it wasn't gelling, you probably would not be staying married. Because Right. And that is that is what I was missing is that this whole journey was a taffany journey. It wasn't a taffany exactly. It was a taffany journey. And if you married the right man, to your point, he gonna be like, yeah. wait, I wanna still be on the taffany boat. Let's have right. it. Wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Right. Let me figure it out because I don't like right. and I'm not here. Right. That was yes. that is good. Yes. Because to what you said earlier. Not everybody is for you. So if you are right. with someone, when you're making active changes and this person mm-hmm. is not matching that energy to be mm-hmm. with on this journey, they continue to drag you down. There goes that question of why am I staying in a situation mm-hmm. with somebody mm-hmm. that's not saying, oh, shit, girl, what we doing? My bag's packed. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to remember at the end of the day, this is about you. Mm. I tell even my couples, they can be riding, sitting next to each other, whatever, whatever. I said, if I'm talking to the woman, I'll tell them, I don't care about you. I care about you. This mm-hmm. is your journey. You got to do what's best for you. Don't worry about what he's doing, saying, blah, blah, blah. I said, because guess yeah. what? If he's not in the picture, your next relationship, you don't want to go through this. Yeah. You want to be able to master it. Yeah. Be able to master it is. I don't care at work, on the highway, at the Target, the Walmart. If you encounter conflict, no matter what is going on, you should be able to healthily resolve that conflict. No matter who it's with. It can be with a partner or not. With your mama, your cousin, your sister, your baby daddy, whoever it is. So this isn't just for couples, right? Right. When you say, what is love? It's like you said, self-love. It's loving yourself enough mm. to be able to communicate healthily, no matter who you're talking to, what the situation is, but being able to be rational. Yeah. It's a while to realize the power in conversating without emotions. When you get emotional, mm. you lose your you lose your ground, to be honest. Because now, girl, yes. you talking from a place of emotion, baby, and I ain't got no facts. That ain't got no no weight to it is just yes emotions and it's it's so hard mm-hmm. when you like you said talking to you like when you see somebody arguing with themselves that's what got me to do that turning point when i start to see mm-hmm. like people are really arguing with themselves if you let them but i like what you said being differentiated is when you can able to separate your emotions from your mm-hmm. feelings and then be rational yeah so separating it's- your emotions from your feelings to be rational yep yeah it's it's 
it, and it's it what they say everything the more you practice it the better you get at it, and it oh yeah because your brain yep you make it 30 days is a habit your brain the more you practice it you're rewiring your brain we got to remember that your right. brain has been wired a certain way so the more you practice it your new way then guess what? Your brain is being rewired. Those neurons, electrons, they're rewiring they themselves. They're refiring. That's why they said if you do something consistently for 30 days, your brain makes it become a habit. Before I get into our pause affirmation, Taffany, we, you kind of yeah. already said it, but I want it to be towards the end so they don't get all caught up in my, my shenanigans of me talking all this stuff. <laughs> to wrap up, what would you say is love? I would say love is putting yourself first, meaning identifying who you are mm -hmm. and who, what you deserve mm -hmm. and how you treat yourself and how you want others to treat you. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's what love is, is you have to put yourself first. And you have to identify who you are because we go through life not knowing that. Yep. Um, so solidifying your identity and who you are is so important to love yourself. And also, if you want to get love from others, to getting that love from others. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I'm going I'm to just second that. I, I really, really do wholeheartedly believe the mm -hmm. best way to know what love is, is mm -hmm. how you feel yourself. Mm -hmm. I love on yourself, and if you aren't loving on yourself, that's your first step in figuring mm -hmm. out how to do that better. Because yeah. honestly, to your point, it goes back to childhood. So how we learn to even love ourselves, we take that with us. And so if we can't acknowledge, like you know what, I know I grew up with my mama talking down to me and saying I ain't shit. I don't want to be with somebody that tells me I ain't shit. Exactly. Even though I'm used to it, right? And when you acknowledge it and you identify yeah. it. That is love. So I, I wholeheartedly like we. It definitely has to start with us, and I think we have to. We have to get better at being serious about self love. Not just mm -hmm. it, it's so cute, self love, self care. Like we throw that shit around mm -hmm. like candy. Right. <laughs> for real, y'all. Like yes, for real. Like I, when I say self love, like when you do some shit that goes against your own morals, you feel it, and you gotta correct me. Mm -hmm. And when mm -hmm. I say that, for example, y'all know I need to go on tangent. I'm wrapping this up. I promise I'm wrapping this up. <laughs> my go-to phrase is a closed mouth doesn't get fed. So if I ever go through situations where I don't speak up for myself, it bothers me all day. I'm like, mm -hmm. damn, hell, you didn't say this. Damn, hell, you didn't mm -hmm. speak up. So the next day, I normally have to correct it because my spirit won't let me rest because yeah. I don't do a disservice. Mm -hmm. So uh, self-love, it literally yeah. won't steer you wrong. It really yeah. won't. It yeah. won't. It won't. Mm -hmm. All right, Taffany, to officially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a whole 30 minutes ago. I said that. <laughs> what is your positive affirmation, Taffany? What do you tell yourself when things get hard and it's, um, or not even hard, but like to uh, lift you up? What is a mm -hmm. constant positive affirmation that you use? So I have a bracelet um, that I bought me and my uh, three sisters. And it says, I am loved. And so the little charm on it, I don't know if you can see it, but the little charm. And so for me is um, every day just waking up. If I'm having a hard time, 
I'm just really struggling, just know that there's someone out there that loves me. I am loved. I love myself first. And so that helps me. And it's weird how I wear the bracelet and your your topic today was about love. <laughs> Um, but, but I need everyone that hears this call to know that you are loved. Yes. And if you can't identify somebody that loves you, guess what? It starts with you. And so. <laughs> that, folks, it's a motherfucking rap. Taffany did that. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you, Taffany. You're welcome. <laughs> Hundred all day long. All day long. If you ain't gon' be honest, then she don't.